sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. These days, it's hard to find something you can trust. Your car? Yeah, right. Trust takes time. And that's why we're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, hope you're ready to have some fun talking hockey. That's exactly what we plan on doing right now for you. It is Light the Lamp right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius Channel 204. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas, Cam Stewart. We, give, we always give him credit for the entire country. He's north of the border. Andrew Torres is back in New Jersey, and we are ready to rock and roll. Cam, let's ease into this because... Andrew's already got such a smile on his face because he knows at some point we're going to talk about the Rangers' 9 nothing win. Yes. You know, let's ease into this. We don't want him to pass out. <laughs> 9 nothing. Are you kidding me? All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got injuries yep. starting to pile up. We'll do an overview of the divisions. We're going to have some fun. And let's bring Andrew into the equation. Hello, Andrew. That was that was one for the ages, your Rangers, and we knew we knew right out of the gate. We'll let you have some fun with it. The Rangers put up a nine spot on the Flyers earlier in the week. I I have never seen the Rangers score that many goals in a single game in my entire life, and I've been watching hockey for a very long time. So for them to hit that total, uh, it was exciting to watch. Plus, you know, it was a little sweeter that it was against the Flyers. So it, it was very it was very entertaining for myself. Yeah, we loved it too. Want to know why? Because we had the Rangers in the over. I think we had the there Rangers on the puck line. And I'll tell you guys something else too. This COVID situation, I, I remember I was laughing. People were like, oh, should they be concerned? Uh, the coaches aren't around for the Rangers. Yeah, okay. So the Hartford, the HL Hartford Wolfpack and Chris Drury's on the bench. This is the thing about hockey players, Brian. You can say this. You covered the Sabres. You've been around the block. It's not your first rodeo. These guys... They know what? First line, get over the boards. Penalty kill, get over the boards. Power play unit. I get it. The coach is there, but we talked about it. This COVID angle with teams with no coaching staffs, 3-0 and so far. Every team with the American Hockey League affiliate guys have won. And seeing Drury on the bench might have inspired these guys. A great Ranger. I got yeah, to they... throw one back at you. There was one yep. where it didn't work. Kelly where? McCrimmon did here. Kelly oh, yeah. McCrimmon, the one night yeah. Kelly McCrimmon that coached. And they came up short, but but, but nonetheless, it's a good angle. same deal. I don't know, three and well, I mean, you would take three and one on any angle and say, "Hey, I like it. You made mm-hmm. money." Yeah, that's what we're saying, Andrew. There, it was just, uh, and you know, Drury. Think about this. So you don't see the regular coaching staff. You get a guy who's a Ranger legend, Brian. You know him too. You know Chris Drury, great player from uh, our generation, and he's on the bench. And you don't think it's kind of cool? It's actually fun. You see the guys from the American Hockey League affiliate. It's a different group of guys, and I think it inspired them. They played their best damn game of the year, Andrew. Yeah, and the thing you would, Cam, you've mentioned it a couple times on the show before that the the thing about uh, you know we talked about John Tortorella and his hard nose coaching style, you know you were talking about before uh, in today's NHL it's more about letting the players go out there do what they do best and then just kind of giving guidance adjustments making smaller uh, decisions when it comes to you know compared to how the NHL used to be coached um, you know you kind of saw that I in my it's it's funny to think about but it was probably the best coaching change in Rangers history 
history. Uh, you know, and this just happened to be because of a pandemic, but uh, it was just really different. And, you know, I thought the same thing. Chris Drury, uh, he's like the assistant or associate general manager for the Rangers. Um, it, it was cool to see him on the bench because, yeah, I remember him being as the captain, uh, you know, when the Rangers kind of turned things around and became uh, semi-contenders at the time. But it, it was cool to see him on the bench talking to the, the next generation of players for sure. That was awesome. And I'll tell you this, guy, Brian, uh, think about this situation with, uh, with Panarin. They, may, they have a fabricated story from his days in the KHL they talked about. They asked players and coaches. They say the guy's the most popular guy in the team. Uh, this, this assault story that they made up. We've talked about this, Brian, and you know from the days of Alexander McGillney, Russian players have been getting fleeced by the government and other people. I hope Putin doesn't know where I live or else I'm going to you know, wake up a starfish one day. He's going to put something in my drink. But I will say this. Um, think about the Rangers, those nine games that he missed and how much it affected. If they missed the playoffs, you can blame that whole situation because the guy's a stud. By the way, you guys put a frown on me. And you know what? Well, it dawned on me. Well, the Cubs, right? What did they do? They had the GOAT. They blew up a baseball. They blew up the Bartman (laughs) baseball. Right? Yeah. All those bad jinxes. The the Babe Ruth jinx and all the... The Sabres' misery started. You know when it started? What? When they... they Were we talking about the Rangers? Why does it always come back to the Sabres, Brian? You know, Cam. Well, a we're we're seven minutes into the show, and yeah. you basically you've used up eleven of the topics we were gonna. Yeah, uh, that's a good point, actually. Okay, okay, but so if you want to let me finish the sentence, as oh. God love you, you never do. Okay. The story was when they got rid of Chris Drury and oh. Danny Briere, and oh. that's when the Sabers misery started. There was yeah. a theme to my story. That's a good, actually, Amber. there was. Yeah, Brian, I gotta apologize to you. I'm just an absolute jerk, and I should have just. Sh- Sorry, I thought you were just you and your selfish love for the Sabers, and I just couldn't. I wait to get selfish on love you. for you my guy. I got a beard that's hitting the ground. I said I won't shave until they win the game. You know what, buddy? You 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 know what? You might as well call a Lawn Boy out and get some trimmers because this team right now, they, they after a coaching change, they lose four to one to the Bruins. When are they gonna win? They had a chance against the Devils. That's the thing. I don't know if they're if they're ever going to win another game. Good call. Good call on the Drury stuff there uh, by both of you guys. But this Sabres team, it doesn't matter what angle. Oh, and I got a great one for you guys, too. Sorry to use 12 topics up in seven minutes, but I hope the listeners are enjoying it. Uh, We were doing our our in-game betting show on Thursday night uh, with, you know, our friend uh, Dave Sherapan from Vegas, and we're doing, like, what team we like live and stuff. And I told him, I go, guys, they don't even have the Sabres-Boston game on. All the other games went unavailable. And we were just howling. And then I'm like, see, you know, even, the, even FanDuel Sportsbook is like, we can't get fleeced by everybody betting Boston. You know and I know. If you're yes. open, you take a bet. But if the books are smart, you don't book the Sabres games. We're Correct. coming back. It's light the lamp. We'll be right back on Sirius 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Neat. Sports is everywhere. Every day. And so is the information about it. We cut through all the clutter. And bring you actionable insights and expert perspectives every single day. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
All right, we're back with you. Light the lamp. Brian Blessing, Cam Stewart, Andrew Torres, our Saturday hockey gathering. And Saturday at midnight. And it will re-air, of course, at 7 o'clock here on Sunday morning if you jumped in midstream. Hey, one of the topics we talked about at the beginning was the Rangers 9-0 thrashing of the Flyers. And, Cam, it's a lot of reasons why I love hockey. For the most part, these guys are accountable. They've got professional pride. And how many times, Cam, have we seen teams get whipsawed this year? Ottawa a couple times, like lose game 7-1, yep. come back, win the next one. The Flyers, 9 nothing embarrassment, and they the next night come back and beat the Islanders. That's the beauty of hockey players, bud. No, you said it. it. It's one of the best angles. So far, betting this year, guys, if, if you're listening to the shows that we're doing, we talk about the last game, the, the the road trip, right, Brian? Guys already got the suitcases packed. They're thinking about getting home. Oh, God, I got to pay the gardener, the nanny, da-da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? Like, their heads are not in the game, and that's been a great angle. But teams coming off throttlings, I like to jump back on them, and it's true. It's hard to do it sometimes. You're like, how do these guys lose nine to nothing? And you saw that game uh, against the Islanders. The Flyers jump out to a three to nothing lead. They hit the panic panic button. They've got no goaltending this year. It doesn't matter if it's Harder Elliott. It's just their back end is absolutely brutal, and the goaltending's been rough. And the Islanders tie it up, but the Flyers find a way. Andrew, and you were saying a, a, a really nice story too. Cancer survivor getting the game winning goal for Philly, and that's a great story. So when a team gets pummeled, they come back. They find a way. Uh, their confidence probably at an all-time low after the Islanders score three straight goals, but the Flyers get it done and win 4-3 to three on a Thursday. That was a big win for those guys and a nice story too, Andrew. Yeah, no, that was that was cool to watch. And, you know, you, you, overcoming the most adversity that you can put on yourself after blowing a 3 nothing lead in the third period, uh, it's, it's one of those things that can really change the momentum. You know, it, all it takes is one game to, to change the momentum of a season. The Flyers, you know, they've had their ups and downs this year. Uh, but, you know, we were talking about it during the break, too. Oscar Lindblom coming back from the cancer and being a part of the team. And, and you know, when it comes to those kind of situations, you don't know the outcome come of the you know, health situations like that and it was awesome to see him come back and score the game winning goal I think it was just over two minutes to go in the third in that game so it was cool to see uh, uh, the Flyers you know change uh, the outcome change the momentum uh, and you know after such a throttling before the day the day before you know it's hard to to be throttled and beaten so badly and then you know you have a couple days off and then you can steam about it they had to turn it around the next day so for them to do that it was uh, made it even more special for them i'm sure you know it's funny cam i just gotta ask you we talked about it before the season started you know all this love people go bananas they love the flyers mm-hmm. and i know we, and we had talked about listen i think pittsburgh and philly are both kind of sketchy and Pittsburgh turned things around once Burke and Hextall got there they did I still I trust them as far as I can throw them but the Philly thing even when the kids playing good I still think you know I don't there's something that's not doing a cartwheel about what's with Carter Hart he's eight six and three but it goals against the three seven oh cam the kids save percentage is 880 what happened to him? That's the thing about goaltending. It's absolutely insane. It's confidence. And what have we noticed this year? This is a topic we have to talk about for a long period of time, too. Look at the backups. You know, McElhaney. Uh, Jack Campbell plays for the Leafs. He gets a shutout. Like, all these guys are stepping in, right? Even Subban with Chicago. He steps in there. He's had a shutout. Um, 
I, I don't know what to make of this. Carter Hart was supposed to be the next coming. And the two guys, Brian, what what goalies do they talk about most with people in hockey? Carey Price and Carter Hart. Both of them have had significant. Carey Price is kind of breaking out of it. He's been a lot better. They got a new goalie coach. Don't agree with the moves that Montreal made uh, with Julian and Kirk Muller, but that's a story for another day. But Carter Hart, he's really struggling. He, he and when you lose confidence as a goaltender, it is a problem. They were letting in loose goals. I'm going to say this too. In his defense, when I look at Philadelphia's defense too, they don't really have that. You know guy that can really like intimidate like I look at Vegas's back end and Colorado's back end is the best in the National Hockey League but guys when like, they're healthy yes when they're healthy but Gots the Bear uh, and um, and Sanheim and these other guys that they have back there they're offensive first defensemen and the Blues are having that problem now I remember Dunn like picked the fight with a guy and it's, no teams are intimidated that's the thing so Carter Hart obviously has a confidence issue, but I think it also goes to the defense. Philadelphia has good offensive defensemen. I don't think defensively they're very good. And this is a team that's aging as well. Let's remember last year in that series, people, when we talked about it, Montreal was snake-bitten. They dominated Philadelphia in that series and lost, right, Brian? How many posts did they hit in? About 25? And that's the thing. They were beating him. They found angles on Hart. They were a little bit snake-bitten, and but Montreal was the better team in that series, but Philadelphia got the goaltending to beat these guys. This is a team that a lot of people thought were going to the Stanley Cup, and they've been one of the most disappointing teams in the National Hockey League. There's no denying it. I think it's a goaltending uh, confidence problem, and it's a back-end defensive problem. They don't have that big stay-at-home guy that really gets things done. Andrew, goaltending, obviously, you're going to win the Stanley Cup, right? The formula is pretty simple. It's goaltending, defense, and special teams. And Mm -hmm. from a betting angle, you want to get in front of this stuff, and Cam, I know we've been talking about it. It was about, what do you think, kid, 10 days ago? I said, watch out. I watched a couple of games and go, Demko is back to what he was in the bubble. And sure enough, here comes Vancouver, a three-game winning streak. Problem is, they've played so many games, everybody's got games in hand on them. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. Vancouver's back in the discussion because Montreal's hit the banana peel a little bit. Um, but the goalie's so important, and the guy like Demko, he's put the Canucks on his shoulders. Yeah, and the thing is, too, you remember the Stanley Cup Finals, Ben Bishop was the guy for the Dallas Stars. He gets hurt, and Anton Hudobin comes in, and, mm-hmm. you know, he plays the best two, you know, whatever, three weeks of hockey of his life. And, you know, we talk about backup goaltenders before Cam. That's what he was his entire NHL career. He was a backup goaltender for whatever team he played for. Yeah, he was he was he was a backup for the longest time. And he got them to the finals and got them to game six. So, you know, he, he, he it, 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 it's the old thing. A hot goaltender can carry a team pretty far. Hey, it is true. And another, another Benny, thing about that, yeah, Brian, and remember, when Colorado played those guys, we were still betting overs at six and a half. And what was the problem? It was Hutchison. He was basically uh-huh. a third or four string goalie, and Colorado was scoring five, six goals. They were losing six to five and coming back against Dallas, but the goaltending basically buried them. And then you bring this guy, you know, and now you look at Hutchison when he plays, it's like he's like a totally different guy. It's all about confidence with goaltending. Look at Thomas Grice. Thomas Grice was actually a decent goaltender for the Islanders. In Detroit, he's been horrible. You know, Bernier starts all the time. And speaking of that, Bernier got hurt in the in, in the game against the Dallas Stars this week. And Grice came in and Dallas scored a couple goals. They fell short, but it was like three to nothing. I'm telling you, man, it's you guys know it's everything. You need a hot goalie. Don't care how good you are. Listen, 
the kid finally cashed a ticket. Literally, he was toiling around. Bennington shows up, uh-huh. carries St. Louis all the way to a cup, and he just gets the, what is it, a $36 million deal? Yep, great call. Great call. And that's the thing. Like, And it's tough. Look at the teams that are struggling right now, right? Bennington hasn't been at his best either. It's funny. All the guys with the big names. Carey Price is the old guard, but people will argue over time, one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. He's regressing. He's trying to get it back. Carter Hart with Philadelphia was going to be the next coming. He is struggling mightily. And Bennington has not been great for the Blues. He's let in a lot of soft goals too. That's the thing. You're signing these guys up for a long period of time. Brian, these guys can get it and lose it quick. And you see St. Louis, they throw Huso in there. He's not ready to be a backup goaltender in the National Hockey League. That St. Louis Blues team, they have problems. We should talk about them because, you know, not just just killing our tickets uh, with the parlay this week, but you know what I mean? They go into a game against the Los Angeles Kings, a team that beat them three straight, and they still go down... Three nothing and lose again. What is wrong with the St. Louis Blues? They got problems, man. Big problems. They've got big problems. We will talk about them, and we'll even talk about the Huso kid and, and backup goalies. A lot more still to come. We're just rocking and rolling, ready to go. It's light the lamp. We're glad to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network and on Sirius Channel Two O Four. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, back with you. Light the lamp. Sports Grid Radio Network, Series Channel 204. Brian Blessing, Cam Stewart, and Andrew Torres. We went to break. We were talking about goalies. Let's just kick it on the backups a little bit, Cam. I know you were mentioning that. Specifically, the Blues too. You can finish up your topic on that. But the funny thing is, you know, you think automatic, oh, big drop off. But the backup goaltenders actually provide you, you know, an opportunity to make a little noise and do some damage at the windows. And the thing is, with the Huso kid, he's won games. And the funny thing is, I don't know what it is about it, they're winning those games like 6-5 and 7-4. For whatever reason, the Blues play for him. He's 5-3-1, and one, and those games, virtually every one of them has been a high-scoring game. Yeah, and, and it, you're right. And it's almost like we've talked about this. It's in life, right? The backup goaltender... He's kind of the most popular guy, right? He's he, he's the guy in the team. It's like the, it's like the backup quarterback till he's got to play. But when they play in hockey, the, we talk about the pride angle, and these guys work their tails off to help the guy. They want to sell the guy out to dry. You know, he's the guy in the team, and he's probably a little bit fragile as a backup sometimes, right? So you want to give the kid total confidence. And I find a lot of the time they play for the black for the backup. But that's the advantage. Like this is the thing, Brian. When we're talking about futures. 
I worry about Colorado, right? Like, what's the deal? I know Grubauer's a starter, but say what happened. Remember, he got hurt before. They can't play that Miska kid. He let in four straight goals against the Anaheim Ducks, and I know uh, we live bet Colorado. They came back and won the game 8-4, to four, but that's not going to get cut it against a, a good team there. Like, that's the beautiful thing about the Vegas Golden Knights. Even though Leonard hasn't played, you know he is a wicked goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury, as we talked about, you got a ticket on you at 26-1 to 1 for the Vesna. You're going to cash that ticket. He's the best goaltender in the National Hockey League right now, and they have a one-two punch with a great team. The problem with Colorado is if something happens to Grubauer, it's a problem, even with their great defense. The funny thing is, I was going to ask you about Fleury. Fleury is 16-5. and five. Amazing. It's nine it's nine thirty three is the save percentage, and the goals against is one eighty seven. Here's the deal: Vasilevsky is nineteen three and one. One nine zero is the goals against save, save percentage, is nine thirty two. The thing that would be concerning about Flurry winning the Vesna, Leonard is now back. Had a concussion. He's back mm-hmm. with the team. Whether the Golden Knights will do this, they'd be wise to do it for a couple of reasons. The goaltending soap opera is still a thing in Vegas because at the beginning of the year, Vegas was looking to give teams a second rounder to take Flurry and the $7 million off their hands. Now the guy's competing for the Vesna with Vasilevsky, but they've insisted they're going to go back to this every other game rotation because like there's it. two things. Well, there's two things. One, you know, you want to get Flurry some rest. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you've got to make a decision. What are you doing with your goaltending here? Yeah, can you imagine this guy winning the Vesna and they move him? So there's that soap opera to consider. But the thing is, as great as it's been, I watch out. I think Vasilevsky, Flurry be a wonderful story, and, and you know they vote for it in the media and everything. And Flurry's a great story. But Vasilevsky's going to play, I think, more games than Flurry by the time it's all said and done, and, and the numbers he's going to rack up are going to be stupid. Excellent point by you. That's the thing. Like, I forget, you know, Leonard's coming back. I'm just saying, though, let's talk about guys who watch every single game every night. I test. Flurry's better goaltender than Vasilevsky. I don't care. And I don't. Oh. you can come with empirical data all you want, and I'll tell you you're wrong. Because I watch every damn Golden Knights game. You do. You freaking live in there. You know exactly. Vasilevsky, he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, playing for Tampa with their system, though. Headman back there. I'm telling you, he's good. But when he's... There's something about Flurry. He makes crazy, impossible saves that I don't think Vasilevsky can. And sure, you're right. It's, it's going to happen. When you have McElhaney as your backup, Vasilevsky down the stretch, even though they're going to give him a little bit of time to rest and, and they're a team that you know they cruise, that it's, to me, Flurry just does more. Brian, you've seen the saves he makes, the poke checks, the things uh, that buddy, he does. He, he's the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. That's, I don't that's, ar- that's I, fact. I, I, I don't argue it, and I'll tell you, mm-hmm. some of the best games you've ever seen in your life are one nothing games, and that'll yes. sound crazy. But when goalies are great, and it, it's a treat to watch when they're standing on their head, and the game could be so electric. But I flurry the other night. Kane's coming in on a breakaway, and flurry baited him. And came all the way out. He's already out at the top of the of the paint. Then he comes out another five feet. The second Kane put his head down to make a move, Flurry came out at him and poke checked him. And he was like thirty feet out from the net. And I sat there and I said, honestly, every goalie can do that. No one's got the guts to do that. 
And I used to watch Hashik do that 15 times a year. And after the game, I asked Flurry about it. I said, your career was winding down as Hashik got started. He's the guy I saw do that more than anyone ever. I said, did you follow a guy like him? Or is it, when did you put that in your toolbox? He goes, yeah, Hashik. But then he also said, Bredour, I'm a student mm-hmm. of it, and everything, the butterfly that they brought into it. But he said, no, I actually started doing that when I was a kid. And the funny thing is, He's not like the walrus in the insurance commercial, you know, where, where you just the, the walrus is in the net and the bit of the puck hits him. <laughs> this guy is entertaining. It it's you're it's fun when the Golden Knights have a bad night and Flurry keeps him in a game because he he makes the goaltending position entertaining. He's the biggest entertainer in the league, I think. Oh, definitely. Uh, and and you, and you look at the, just his style of goaltending. You bring up a great point. Like, you looked at Dominic Hasek and the things he did. You go, are you kidding me? Like, this, this is really what this guy's going to do, but it worked for him. He didn't, it's kind of like Jim Furyk, a golfer in his swing. You don't change it. That's why he's doing He's one of the best players. It's working for him. Hasek did crazy stuff that goaltending coaches, they were sick. They're like, you can't play that way. Oh, yes, I can play that way. And we saw those dominant Sabre runs, Brian. You were there for that stuff, you know, when they're knocking out the Leafs. And they, they were underdogs in series. They had some classic teams there. Like, they wrote it. Like, he, he's, man, one of the best. Like, it's crazy. But well, it was, an a, it was average it was average is a bad word. Well, average is a, is probably unfair. It was a a good team with a mm-hmm. great goalie, and they yes. were a contender. They never got yes. the got the win. He got the cup in Detroit, but the, mm-hmm. it literally was one of these things. Cam, as we started watching this, and you have such fond memories. Remember. Like it was a throwaway for him. The Blackhawks moved him, and he showed up. And you're watching the first couple of games, and you're like, "Who the hell is this guy? What, what, what did you possibly? <laughs> what did you think? What were you thinking when you traded for this guy? He's swimming over. He's this. He's that. You watch him. After about five, six weeks, and he was doing it every night. Honest to God, this is true. We said, if this continues, if and it did for six years. And if this continues, you're watching the greatest goalie that ever played the game. This, I mean, the stuff this guy did every night, it was it was unbelievable. You know, he, he was heading the puck. Remember that? He'd head yeah, the yeah. puck. He'd drop his stick and he'd cover it with his blocker hand. Exactly. He did all, so many goofball things. But uh, great goaltending is, is a treat. I don't think we, we give it enough credit in, in this day call. and age. Excellent point by you, and you're right. Well, I you yeah, know, Andrew's nuts about Lundqvist, right? When Lundqvist yeah. stood on his head, right? You're all jacked. Yeah, I mean, it's Henrik Lundqvist was the Rangers, and he was the reason they made it to the final. He was the reason that they were contenders for those years. And, you know, the in the back of my head, as Lundqvist was getting older and stuff, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, the second this guy's done, or, like, he doesn't want to play, like, you know, for whatever reason, like, the Rangers are going to have to figure something out. And obviously, with Shishterkin and other guys, you know, coming in, they're... Like, it looks like the future is going to be okay, but uh, it, like you guys talked about it before, it starts with goaltending. And, you know, the, the, the Sabres were contenders because they had Hashik. The Rangers were contenders because they had Lundqvist. Uh, and, you know, countless other times, if, goal, if these championship teams or contender teams didn't have the goaltenders that they had, they wouldn't have been there. Yeah, no. Well, I, I would say to you, that's a, Candy, that's a great I would point. Just, Sorry, well, Let me throw it to you. No, I throw it yeah. to you, buddy. Gibson we believe is, you know, could be as good as it gets. But we see this every year. The poor guy faces so much rubber in the first third of a season that, he, you know, he hits a wall. Could yeah. you imagine him playing in front of a team that packed it in and was really good on their own end? 
That's the thing. We talk, we, we talk about this, right? If, if Magic Gibson with Carolina, like we think they're, we think they're contenders now, that changes everything because he, he's a game changer. Uh, even the Leafs. Freddie Anderson is okay. John Gibson's 100 times better than him. Like, he's amazing. And, and they already have improved on the defensive end. It's interesting to me, when you're looking at Anaheim, guys, and just going through it, Ryan Miller's playing a lot. Like, Gibson's already hit the wall. Miller's playing back, back-to-back games for these guys. He, Gibson's already tired, right? And that's the thing. Anaheim, I don't know what the hell they're doing with this guy. And the team's really going nowhere. It's one of those things that you still have a draft. Like, Brian, I'm telling you, like, we talk about the Sabres stripping it down. Where are the Ducks? Like, it doesn't matter if Gibson is one of the better goaltenders in the league, which we think he is. You can't win with this team, right? Next to Buffalo, Anaheim's one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League. They have some good young talent. But you think about what you can get for a top-notch goaltender. He's not playing a lot. He's resting more because they already burned him out. But, you know, he will get rejuvenated. Think about it. Like, if you're the Ducks, who's not for sale, right? It's like the Sabres. Everybody, it, well, it's a it's a garage sale. Who who who, who we can, are we not going to have uh, up for grabs right now? We can talk about that with the trade deadline mm-hmm. in the not too distant future. And just to put it to bed here, as we're going to break, I mean, is Flurry not the youngest thirty six year old guy you've ever seen? But you know what the um, deal is, yep. Cam. Andrew mentioned Bishop. I'm telling you, I think there's something, and he looks to me like he's got two three years left at a high level. I think the big goalies. Their hips go. Yep. I think the big goalies have a problem. Flurry's frame, he's not diminutive, but he's not huge, and that Excellent makes a difference. Point. Excellent point. You're right. The big goalies do have problems over time, and that's the thing, right? You guys talk about it. Look at the Dallas Stars situation. They got Odiger in there now. Like, that's the thing. They don't even have, they don't even have uh, the goaltenders that they had before. It's unbelievable, right? But I agree with you. I still think Flurry's the best in the league, Brian. We'll talk about uh, some teams that need to strip it down. If I'm Anaheim, you just say everybody's for All sale. right. We're coming right back. Keep it right here. Light the lamp. Sirius 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Take to the bank. Stay tuned for more sports gaming strategies that are as good as gold. We are the SportsGrid Radio Network. Hey, we're back with you, Light the Lamp, Brian Blessing, Andrew Torres, and Cam Stewart. Uh, the show will re-air Sunday morning at 7 o'clock right here on Sirius Channel 204. Hey, I just want to throw one out there, Cammy, and let you have at this. And you can shoot holes at me or you can defend me, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm willing to take it on either way. But it's funny, the analytics thing, okay? Yep. Okay, I don't, don't get me started, right? Analytics doesn't tell you if a guy's got a heart the size of a medicine ball or a grape. That doesn't true. tell you if you win a battle in the corner. Doesn't necessarily tell you who they were playing against. Mm-hmm. Does it have a place? It has a place. Yes. But it's funny. Uh, there's some uh, folks out in Vegas. The one guy, a media guy, and, and he's a great guy, and he comes on my show all the time. But he has drawn a line in the sand, and then of course he's got like some of his minions were you know defending him on Twitter. I asked DeBoer after the game the other night, Tomas Nosik went 7-1 in the face-off circle, and they scored two goals right off draws. And I, I talk about how important face-offs are. 
They are. And the young, the younger generation is like, he's like, no matter how hard you correlated, faceoffs don't mean anything in relation to wins. I'm like, what planet are you on? Are you, because, are you nuts? Are well, honestly, hold on. Well, yeah, okay, let me finish. Continue. Let me continue. finish, and then I want to okay. get your take. I so, can't believe this. Okay. So he's, th- he's throwing the numbers out. Well, when Vegas is under 50% in the faceoff circle, they're like, you know, 11 4 and what? I'm like, yeah, I mean, you, you can pull rabbits out of a hat and numbers and make them spin the way you want. I said, but you know, guy, he's a, he's not a big Ryan Reeves fan. Said, but in this game, Reeves went to the net and got a tip-in goal. I said, you, Ryan Reeves, you're, you're shooting your, yourself in the foot here. Ryan Reeves, you thought was the first star of the game. Well, the reason Ryan Reeves was the first star of the game because they were taking faceoffs and Nosek, the center, was seven and one in his own zone, and they were running set plays the few times in a hockey game you can. They weren't starting in their own end chasing the play. They, but they honestly tried to tell me. The faceoffs don't matter. I'm like, cups have been won off faceoffs in overtime. One of my biggest heartbreaks of all time, Cam. Game seven at Boston Garden. Craig Ramsey, Selkie winner, one of the best defensive forwards ever, made one of the few mistakes he ever made. He iced the puck carelessly, mm-hmm. or he made a mistake. He iced the puck in overtime. Middleton, boom, wins the draw. Brad Park, face up, bam, slap shot, goal. Series over, have a nice day. You could have won a Stanley Cup, but you lost in a faceoff. You can't. Yeah, seriously, I'm being told. And then, and then the one kid says, you're a dinosaur. He said, yeah, well, the dinosaur's seen a lot. Like, you're telling me the face-offs See, don't matter. in hockey. The, Anal- the analytics gang, it, it, I, sometimes about I, analytics. I shake my head. I shake, no, I my, shake head. my head, too, because the problem with analytics is it's a number-based form that doesn't really talk about. So they just see results over a time, but it doesn't really take into consideration what's happening. And if you're and if you're not watching the damn game and you never played hockey in a faceoff, you have control on the power play. It sets up every other play from your own end. It's it's vital. It's absolutely crucial. Think about how many times Brian one timer off the faceoff win a, win a game. You talked about it in the playoffs and everything like this. See, that's the whole problem that I have with analytics. Sure, you could talk about hey Corsi and this team had puck possession. I talk about quality chances. It's like posts. That aren't, you know, shots, shots on goal. Shots on goal is the worst stat in it any is. sport ever. It's ridiculous. I mean, you, you, it's, it's quality a, of chances. A, it's quality a, of chances. And, and, okay? By the way, we, we've Come talked on, about people. this. The NHL's got to get their head out of their backside. That has got to be a, is a shot stat on goal. In, in, a, in a box score. You could outshoot a team 20 to 4 in the period. Yeah. But literally, the team that got outshot 20 to 4 should have been up three goals after the period. They hit the post three times. They shot it just wide two times. 20, 15 shots, wrist shots from the point that the goalie can catch it with his teeth. Shot on goal, you know, my butt. I mean, yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't going in. Listen, analytics is important, and you can't just say no to it because it's important to see what's going. And, you know, it's good to get as much information as you can. But hockey is the biggest, and sorry people, I hate to say this, it's our favorite, but it's the biggest luck-driven sport too. The bounces, the way things happen in the game, it is that way. We talk about it. What other sport, you know, other like not even soccer, where a goaltender can stand on his head and you got totally dominated and outplayed. Face-offs are vital. They set up so many other things. Brian, the rotations, getting out of your zone, breakouts, everything, it, it is key. So yeah, so no set going if, seven if for eight face-offs is vital. If face-offs didn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Three on three, right? Every possession. I've said this all along. Yep. I used to go nuts. Okay, a little quick Sable story. When Dan Bilesman was coaching the Sabres, he put like Josh Georges and another defenseman out there when three on three first started. And I'm sitting there five minutes into when this three on three thing started going, please, what planet are you on? 
you could put the three greatest defensive defensemen in the history of the sport on the ice in a three-on-three situation, and the other team with three forwards is going to get a 10-bell chance. There's exactly. so much ice. Right? So you got to go for it. But if face-offs didn't matter, why, why do you watch three-on-threes? Coaches will put the guy could be their third-line center, right? They'll put him out there for the opening draw, win the draw. Because getting the puck is so critical in three on three, and then the guy races to the bench, and the other star comes on. <laughs> if it didn't matter, why would the coach do that? Exactly. And another thing is, I do a show with a guy, Brian. You know, uh, on Fridays we talk hockey. Chris Meany, great uh, hockey better. He does a lot of props, shot props, and stuff. And he's a young guy, an analytics guy, but he does the eye test like us. So he's part dinosaur, part new kid. And I'll tell you something: this guy's smart as and a Montreal Canadiens fan. We talk about. It. He even said, "It's like, listen, I get that Gallagher plays this way." But sometimes you have to throw all that stuff away. He has a nose for the net. Who tied the game versus the Winnipeg Jets to send it in overtime to get a point? Him. Those are the type of guys. It doesn't matter if you're not the best skater or whatever. You talk about it. Heart of a raisin versus heart of a bowling ball. And he said this. And can you believe this? He said the exact same thing you did. These stupid coaches that they have there are putting on defensemen trying to be safe. They, they, they don't win in overtime. And let me tell you another thing. So their overtime record stinks. And you know what this team is, Brian? Oh, the, who's got the worst shootout record in gambling in North America? This guy, Cam Stewart. The Montreal Canadiens are 0 for 8 in shootouts this year, too. And they can't take, and they're not bye getting bye. wins in overtime. See, I, I'll say yeah, this to go, you. Bye bye. They go. They go. You know what? I mean, yeah, the and, three and, of, and this Montreal the, fan said the same, like, that's the thing. You could look at it that way. He goes, why are they putting these type of players on the ice when we have – the guy should be coaching. You, know, he talk, you and him, you guys got great hockey minds. He thinks exactly like you do. You have to go for it in three-on-three. Three. Yes, you do. Because it does. the other team is going to get their chances. So you better bury it if you get a chance. Mm-hmm. Don't be worried about defensemen out there. I mean, an offensive defenseman, sure. But the, the other thing is, Cam, it's no joke. The shootout and the three-on-three – in the grand scheme of thing, it's a regular season gimmick that is not anything part of the equation when we get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But there are teams that don't even make the playoffs because they suck at the shootout and they suck at three on three. It's it's something that matters. It's the difference maker between making the playoffs or getting home ice advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, think about it. So Montreal there in the shootout where they could have got a possible eight extra point, they zero. They have zero. The answer is zero. And these guys right now, they're fighting, and all, a lot of other teams are getting hotter. This is a big, big concern. And, guys, I, I'll don't, I want to get off my soapbox, but NHL, please. Like, en- enough is enough. Three-on-three three is one thing. We prefer the five-on-five five game, and I'd love a hockey playoff game to go into the next day, and I've seen many of them. And, Brian, you've seen many of them, too, where I remember I was at, at a, a party get, getting ready to neck with a girl and, uh, you know, spin the bottle and that Sabres-Washington uh, game still going on. Hey, baby, i got to watch this stuff. Like, Pat, la 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 Fontaine back in the day yeah 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 i'm getting i'm getting all horny but i want to watch the hockey game too and it's going into the next day at a grade six party i'll tell you this man i love the game and the shootout thing please people if anybody's listening from the national hockey league gas it it's got it is it is a hindrance to a growth of a sport and and from a betting perspective we already talk about the goaltenders not being listed in time just end it games teams should not miss playoffs because of that it's a she problem. gets it. She gets it now, Cam. But when we were young, I mean, she'd been around it for a lot of years. But trying to make that phone call, uh, I'm still at work doing the the eleven o'clock news ended. 
Three, ready, uh, seriously, between yeah. three different intermissions, the intern, go go get a six-pack. Exactly. <laughs> but but the, the fifth overtime when LaFontaine scored against the Caps when he was with the Islanders. What a but you're calling, you're calling your wife going, honey, I'm watching the overtime. It's like they're in the fifth yeah. overtime. I mean, now she gets it back then. She goes, yeah, sure. That's what, my, that's what Lisa says to me. My favorite word. Overtime. <laughs> she hates it so much. Like, so uh, over- in overtime. <laughs> you know what? You know. You know how great the sport is. Like I said, yeah. my wife's been around all the sports, and she knows. Believe me, she's so common sense that she'll just look at something. Yeah, and she'll figure it and out. Just cut, cut to the chase. But you know what? The one thing in all sports, and I'm watching all this stuff. The only thing she ever st- actually stops and sits down, like we'll make plans. Is she going to make food and this and the Super Bowl or whatever? Five minutes into the game, she's up and running, doing whatever, uh-huh. and she goes off and does something. You know what? She sits down and watches overtime in the playoffs. Yeah, because it's awesome. She sits down and watches overtime in the playoffs, and she she's anchored in the seat. It's the best thing in all of sports. Hey, here's the deal. If uh, if the shootout thing, yeah, yeah, imagine like you know we talk about it. They don't use it in the playoffs. There's a reason why. Why should anything be any different? Like get get used to it. You play a three on three for ten minutes. I know we're gonna say this every damn show, but I'm gonna do it until they change it. The shootout, Brian. It's not just from a betting perspective. It's, it's just bad. It's just it's 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 a joke. It's boring. It turns it, turn, it turns a wick. Yeah, that's another thing. They don't move. They trip over the puck. They, it actually embarrasses. I, I'm gonna say this. It makes a game that is great and skillful look. Like a clown show a lot of the time. Guys coming in at one mile an hour, not falling over the puck. It's well, you, you took Well, you know I hate the All-Star game. Yeah. You know, Andrew, uh, the All-Star game's a joke, right? It is. It, it, but you sit there, you watch a great game, and then they go to this nonsensical shootout thing, Andrew. I'm sitting there going, this great hockey game just turned into the All-Star game, which I can't stand. Yeah, and, you know, we all, we've talked about it before. The, the shootout, like how we feel about it, the All-Star game, they're all kind of pointless. Uh, I personally, you know, guys talking about, I, I like hockey because of the team aspect. Even in, mm-hmm. you know, overtime, it's it's about it's about the team, even though it's three-on-three, three, it's less players out there. But, uh, you know, b- baseball, it's a slower-paced sport. You know, it's, it's more about the individual. Basketball, it's definitely more about the individual. Hockey, it's about the team and the effort. You know, it, it, it takes good goaltending, but it's also good defensive players. It's also good offense of players guys who can take who can win face-offs in key situations guys with a lot of speed guys with a lot of strength it, it, it's a very diverse skill set that it, it takes to have a good hockey team yeah and overtime a, takes every and the shootout takes everything away because it's not anymore it's just it's just a guy skating down the ice with a puck stupid anyway well, brian t- i hate it so much and i hate it because i never win at gambling with it well, Please I, go I, away. well I know i know <laughs> Well, we understand they can't play overtime all night long in the regular season. But yeah. the three-on-three, three, three, we've, yes. we've had this yes. discussion before. If you went from five to ten minutes, it's fun. 85% of the games would end. 85. I, and I, you know what? And I, then and if I'm, it ends I'm, in a tie, it ends in I, a tie. See, that's my point. I don't care if it ends in a tie. The point system's stupid anyway. And another three, thing, two, you, get, one. you get three points for a regulation win. We should be working for the damn league. Come on now. Works for soccer. It's the most popular game in the world. Ties are fine. Let play three on three. If the game ends in a tie, it ends in a tie. Nobody's going to go home crying. It's life. Well, the crazy thing is we've literally just passed the halfway point of the season, and I'll tell you what we'll do next week. And We'll all give ourselves a homework assignment, and we'll have some fun because the NHL trade deadline, April 14th, but because of the Canadian thing and the quarantine, I think the trades start to kick in a little earlier. Big time. We, should, we talk about who the buyers are going to be, the sellers, and who are some of the guys maybe you target. But I think 
And the other thing we'll dive into that you got to take into account because pretty soon we're going to start getting wind of the proposed expansion lists for teams. Mm-hmm. And if a team's sitting there going, I'm going to lose one of these two guys to expansion, they're going to trade one of them to get something for them. So the trade deadline, I think, is going to be really something Agreed. special this year. We'll talk about that next week, but we got one short segment. We're going to wrap it up. Hope you enjoy the Light the Lamp. Show will re-air at 7 a.m. right here on Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Everybody's got an opinion. Go ahead. Ask them. But only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience. It's called trust. It's why we're here. For you. Keep it here and get the edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, it's always a treat for us to talk hockey. Glad to do it for you. It's Light the Lamp, Sports Grid Radio Network Series, Channel 204. Brian Blesson, Cam Stewart. Andrew Torres. Short segment here to wrap things up. Guys, how about a team that's in that's going to end up out or a team that's out that's going to end up in just past the halfway point? Let you guys have at it. Andrew, I got a funny feeling. I know, and, and I know your heart's in it. But I know you believe there's an opportunity here for someone to get in that's out as of today. Well, and, you know, we were talking about it before, the Artemi Panarin returning for the Rangers, making a difference. Mika Zibanejad finding his game. He had a six-point night in that 9 to nothing blowout against the Flyers. Mika Zibanejad could be the difference, as well as Panarin coming back. If the Rangers get good goaltending, they've had it from Georgiev. You know, Shosturkin has, still has to come back from uh, the groin injury. We'll see how effective he is overall. But I I think the Rangers are a team that could push for the playoffs, uh, m- making it uh, in the final, maybe the final fourth spot, maybe even making it up to the third spot, depending on Pittsburgh and, and Boston. We'll see what happens. How about it, Cameron? I'm with Andrew. I think the Rangers are there. I think they're, you know what, they're, they're going to catch you. Look at look look at the teams, right? You talk about Boston. They're 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 in the they're they're on a tootsie roll. They get to play Buffalo seven times. You might as well just chalk up wins there. Buffalo's horrible. Pittsburgh's going to fade down, and I think the Flyers. That, that that's the thing. The Flyers, Rangers, Rangers make a move. They can get there. They can get there. If they get any type of goaltending, Zibanejad's been cold, but he has heat up, heated up just like Andrew said. I got to go Rangers too. I think they find a way. One of those teams slips down. I don't know that this pace is sustainable, but I know a lot of good coaches, they break games down in 10-game segments. Mm -hmm. And once we started talking about, watch out, Demko is now the pressure of being the starter, and he had Holtby there. Now it's Demko. And if they went 7-3 and in this 10-game segment, if they were to do something along those lines, I think Vancouver, even though Montreal uh, has games in hand on them, I think Vancouver chasing down Montreal is a possibility. I agree with you, buddy. I agree. All right, good stuff. Next week, we're going to dive into the trade deadline. A lot of good stuff. It is Light the Lamp. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Cam. I'm Brian Blessing. Enjoy hockey this week, and we'll do it again next week right here at Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204.